Ooh, that looks like quite the Memorial Day of sunburn you've got. Why don't you sit back and relax and allow us to apply a cooling, healing salve of liquid flannel? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Back in Arlington, Texas, I'm Matthew Hodges, and with me as ever in Omaha, Nebraska, is my friend and co-host, Brendan Williams. Brendan, are you lonesome without me now that I'm back home? In some ways, it was cool to hang out, but in some ways, you know, this is like back to normal. I feel more comfortable now. Well, we can actually like pull up the news uh, while we're doing stuff instead <laughs> yeah. of you having to print everything off. Which I can seriously kudos. Click you. my amazing. mouse. I, that was really important <laughs> to me to be able to do that. It's like a nervous tick for you when we're doing the show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to be back. It's just me and Brendan tonight. Got some guests that we're trying to line up over the next few weeks. Yeah. But speaking of Memorial Day, do you did you see Trump's Memorial Day tweet where he was like, Happy Memorial Day, everyone. I know all the dead soldiers would have really been big fans of Trump. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I I know that all of the people who, who died in our wars would be super happy about black unemployment being the lowest in years. Yeah. <laughs> oh classic. Yeah. And then and then immediately went back into his whole like hashtag spygate um the you know the crooked rotten witch hunt uh robert Mueller <laughs> stuff i mean just like 20 minutes later right. so he has been just like the troops would have wanted he's he's always unhinged but i i feel like i don't know every week i feel like he's just a little bit worse than the week before he has been just off his rocker lately yeah I, it's one of those things where it's like i i can't tell if he's getting worse or he's just always terrible but <laughs> It just keeps it just keeps happening. Like I, I think he may be just at the same level of terribleness. It just keeps going on, and because it keeps going on, it's worse and worse because it just keeps happening. Right. Well, and just his his amazing ability to make literally everything about himself. One of the things we've got to hit on real quick, just because everybody has been talking about it, is uh, Roseanne's show getting fired. Uh, and, <laughs> You're and fired. The way that, way this ties in is his one big tweet about it was like you know why hasn't abc ever apologized to me for all the horrible things they've said about me over the years that's okay like i'm just busy out here making america great again oh it was so (laughs) yeah it was so great because literally like 20 minutes before he tweeted that they had the white house press conference and they were like hey is trump gonna weigh in on roseanne and they were like of course he's not He's the president, you know, he's he has things to do. He's oh, not going to yeah, weigh in on Roseanne. It would be uncharacteristic of him to be so petty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So out of character. Of course, why would you even <laughs> ask such a ridiculous question? Of course he's not. Oh, he's just tweeted? He just tweeted? Okay. No. Uh, he must be taking a shit right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he went from like, Roseanne got fired for tweeting racist stuff. Oh, just unbelievably racist. Too. And then and- his take on it is... Well, how come NBC, ABC never apologized to me for, like, on the news they said I was a bad president or whatever because <laughs> right. of, of the bad presidenting <laughs> that I did and they factually reported on? Like, where's my apology? And it's like, that's not – we're talking about Roseanne getting fired yeah. for being racist. Like, what the, What are you talking about, dude? I mean, in, in a way, it is kind of brilliant pandering to his base, right? Because by doing that, he right. ties it in their minds to, you know, your whole – they've taken away your – your favorite right. new TV show, and now they're trying to f- take away your favorite new president also. Yeah, well, and it's it's him just saying, like, yeah, ABC, you know, Fire and Roseanne, they're terrible. They're, they're mean to me, too. We always hate them. 
for all the lip service that he gave Roseanne and for all of the media that was like, it's a show about Trump's America, you know, right. telling the story of the forgotten men and women in the heartland or whatever. <laughs> it's like they, none of these people clearly watch the show because it's not oh, that no. at all. The show is a stunning indictment of of Trumpism, you know, and of of the Republican like economic programs that have devastated yeah. people who are, you know, in the lower income, you know, lower middle income or whatever. In the last episode of Roseanne that's ever going to air, their basement gets flooded and they're like, well, we don't have any money because we can't get flood insurance or whatever. You know, I can't get any jobs, so I have to hire Mexican immigrants to do my construction working or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like none of that is a pro-Trump, you know, no, at I mean, all. But he thinks the true. show is pro-Trump. That's true ideologically, and maybe if he ever had watched an episode, he'd learn that. Except I don't think he has the attention span to actually sit through, you know, a 22 and a half minute sitcom yeah, episode. Scripted television, right? Yeah, I, I honestly don't. I mean, we know how he watches action movies, and he just skips forward to the fight scenes, you know. Yeah, you That's know why that, uh, he watches the, the, the Gorilla, gorilla channel. channel thing. Yeah, the Gorilla <laughs> Channel thing was so believable that, well, you know, right. like, right-wing news sources were having to debunk it because they believed it so much. Oh, right. And then Stormy Daniels was like, yeah, Trump just wanted to, like, watch Shark Week, and then he was like, when I'm president, I'm gonna murder all sharks. <laughs> Look at these monsters. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Roseanne so much. I mean, I think everything that needs to be said about her has been said. She's always been awful. She's one of those QAnon, right. like, Infowars conspiracy theorists. She said similar racist stuff in the past, I think, directed toward uh, Oh, Susan Obama. Rice. Yeah, yeah Susan Rice. Um, it's good that she's canceled. I think she's just a garbage person. But his pivot after that was very interesting, where... All of a sudden, he's he's changing the topic. I'm going to issue a pardon to Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a pretty good that was a pretty good conversation changer right there. It was pretty amazing because I forgot that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it it has kind of been lost in the shuffle, you know. It, though a lot of things have gotten lost in the shuffle, right? Somebody published a graph of the number of airtime minutes that all of the the major media outlets devoted right. to Roseanne getting canceled versus the ongoing death toll in Puerto Rico and it's just this tiny little fraction Fox News right. reported on the Puerto Rico death toll for literally it was like 38 seconds or something like that and and none of the other news media did any better than that they were all following the Roseanne story I mean I can't even be mad at him for pardoning Dinesh D'Souza because I mean that dude did time and then got out and then, like, made his movie about how he hates Hillary Clinton. So it's like, right. it's not like he's like, finally, the pardon was holding me back. I couldn't make my terrible propaganda movies anymore because of this criminal record. <laughs> like, it, it literally right. changes absolutely nothing other than Trump just exposing, you know, suck up to me. Then, you know, I'll give you a high five in the form of, of a pardon. Well, it's also, you know, one of our friends had a good take on it, which is this is probably just him trying to soften up the ground for when he starts issuing pardons to all of these people that he is actually directly right. associated with. Oh, uh, it's going to be great. Similar things. You know? When he, when he does it and he, yeah, Dinesh D'Souza's actual crime was 
a campaign finance, foreign campaign finance violation. Or maybe he facilitated foreign nationals doing, don- he like funneled donations or something through him and did like money yeah, laundering or yeah, whatever. Yeah, something like that. I mean, honestly, of all of Dinesh D'Souza's crimes against this country, him being involved in uh, campaign financing is the one that I care the least about. When he pardons Michael Cohen for the same crimes, basically, or like the head of the NRA or whatever uh, that's going down next. Oh, right. Yeah. You, I can't wait for him to be like, well, when I pardoned Dinesh D'Souza, nobody came out and said it was terrible or whatever. Like everyone seemed <laughs> fine with it. Just like, well, uh, maybe you didn't well, really pay then, attention. And then he's actually. talking about maybe issuing a issuing a pardon to uh, Rod Blagojevich. Uh, he's talking about maybe issuing a a pardon to Martha right. Stewart, which kind of comes out of left wing, I, I, left field. I, well, and he already did. He did a pardon for that like boxer or something because yeah, it was God, a, who was it? It, it was, was somebody a, it was crazy. Jack Johnson, the the boxer from like the early 1900s, who actually probably should have been pardoned because he was. I mean, this was a thing that uh, that people had petitioned Obama to do also because the law that he was prosecuted under was literally the crime of white slavery, and the crime was. <laughs> He was dating a white woman and he took her across state lines and they treated that as white slavery. And he ended up having to leave the country right. for a while and then he did do some prison time. So, yeah, that was that was an absolute racist miscarriage of justice there. And Oh, yeah. He pardoned that guy because Sylvester Stallone told him to. Right. Sure. And then now he's meeting with Kim Kardashian and <laughs> she's like, we're working on prison reform together. Uh, right. Well, and it, that was that was a theory that I saw, too, that um, I guess the Kardashians or Kanye or somebody in that sphere also know Dinesh D'Souza and that probably when they did that little photo op and she was in the office with him, she mentioned it to him, which seems at least as likely as anything else, because I doubt Trump knows or cares who Dinesh D'Souza is. Oh, yeah, man. Kanye's got a new album coming out. You know, Dinesh is making films. You know, maybe he can direct some music videos right. for Kanye. <laughs> it could happen. You know, he could guest direct a, an episode of uh, the Kardashian reality I mean, show or whatever. I mean, does Dinesh D'Souza know how to direct anything that isn't, <laughs> like, horrible historical reenactments with, like, bad wigs or just still frames of politicians he doesn't like? With the like the weird color wipe or like in black and white or like right. negative or something on it, you know, just the horrible, you know, cliche campaign ads. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. Like, Which, Hillary Clinton wanted to murder your family. I mean, at this whatever. point, you know, the way uh, the way Kanye is is burning all of his bridges, that might actually fit in with his his aesthetic pretty well. <laughs> I think he's doing the hard pivot. It's all connected, you know. Roseanne was right. It's all a big conspiracy. She was just wrong about which side she was on. <laughs> So, yeah, Rod Blagojevich's wife was on, uh, what, she go on Fox News or something and was talking about, yeah, uh, <laughs> saying that, or no, it was James Comey. It was who, James Comey, who, yeah. who prosecuted Blagojevich to begin with, and she's out there saying, you know, they just got a taste for blood. They took down a governor, that, now they want to take down a president. Right. It's like, well. She's like, it's the same people, they're out of control or whatever, yeah, like, right. they're out there finding crimes and then prosecuting the crimes. <laughs> we, they must be stopped. <laughs> It's a massive conspiracy that is written down in our codified federal law. Right. And there's literally, you know, they're like, it's a witch hunt. You know, Trump's right. It was like they literally have Blago on tape or whatever saying like, 
I'm not just going to give away a Senate seat for free. Right, right. You know, well, this has been and, real uh, valuable. You know, that's been one of the arguments about that. That uh, So for, for listeners who don't remember, Rod Blagojevich was the governor of Illinois uh, when Barack Obama left his Senate seat so that he could run for president. Blagojevich had the ability to appoint a new senator to that Temporarily seat. Temporarily or whatever. Tempor- yeah, yeah, yeah to, to finish out his term. And was caught on tape because of some some investigation that was going on uh, into corruption in Illinois politics it which shocking I mean, yeah that's I, I can't believe that they'd be looking into that kind of thing was caught on tape saying basically like we're gonna give this to the highest bidder like somebody's gonna have to pay me in order to be a senator for like a year or whatever it was and he got arrested well one of the narratives that's kind of emerging from this now, is essentially an extension of the locker room talk argument where it's like everybody talks like this behind the scenes. They, you know, this is a, this is a witch hunt. They were just looking for anything. Like they, they took these comments out of context or something, Uh, which I mean, that's not super surprising to hear from uh, this administration or, or any of these right wing sycophant, like media sycophants. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's perfect because it allows them to have this worldview where they say, well, that's what I would do if I was in charge, right? Like if I was Trump and I was in charge, I would tell them, you know, don't investigate me, investigate the people that I hate. Right. Because, because all the investigations are just corrupt anyway. Right. So, because the investigation against you is corrupt, everybody's investigation must be corrupt. So even if it's Democrat Bogoyevich or whatever, you can be on his side because you're all working together, you know, against the corrupt people who are against corruption, right? Yeah. And so that's that's how he's able to rationalize it to himself. Not to get too into the theory about this, but... You know, Trump and Blagojevich belong to the same class, the same capital class, the same power class. They have right. a lot more in common with each other than they do different just based on their based on their party affiliations. Con men recognize con men. And, you know, if if the cops are going after one gang, like your gang has to, you know, kind of rally around and, and make sure that you're circling the wagons and possibly even like trying to help these people out. Right. As long as you're, as long as you're both on the same side of criminality or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Enemy, exactly. My enemy is my friend. Right. But I think this is how Republicans operate all the time. Right. Because they'll make up these ridiculous inflated claims. My favorite example is in the gun debate, Republicans and conservatives will always say, well, liberals want to just take everyone's guns away. And why do they want to take everyone's guns away? So that once all the guns are gone, the government can just take over because only the government will have guns and then they'll just murder anyone they don't agree with. That's what the Democrats want. Sure. And what it exposes is like no Democrat actually wants that because that's ridiculous. Yeah. The Democrats aren't actually trying to take everyone's guns away so that they can like murder all the Republicans and rule forever. But that is the Republicans are like, actually, that's a great idea. That, that's what I, that's what I would actually want well, to do. Absolutely. And I mean, to, and you <laughs> to see give it, everyone guns yeah. so that they can just murder people that they don't like. And you, you see it with their with their base too. the the same people who are talking about, you know, we need our guns. I need my AR-15. I need my fucking rocket launcher in order to fight off a tyrannical government. They're also the ones who have that like verbal tick anytime somebody 
uh, demonstrates that they've ever been in law enforcement or the military or something. Uh, like they can't help themselves from going, thank you for your service. Like before they say what they're <laughs> right. going to say or, next. Or like when the government, this is a good local Omaha story. So the Omaha police department just announced that they are going to buy like a $700,000 like mobile command center, oh, sure, yeah. you know, unit for the college world series and like other major events. So they can like have a giant police RV command center yeah. or whatever. It's going to be one of those, on the uh, like the siege tank from Starcraft where right. it pulls up and like, <laughs> does it like, <laughs> you know, like oh, the yeah. big feet go down to hold it in place. And yeah. Right. And then just like, you know, cannons just pop out the top right. or whatever, like the tear gas on one side, water cannon on yeah, the other sound or whatever, cannon, whatever, maybe, maybe one of these, <laughs> uh, maybe one of these cannons that shoots the, the giant like water cooler, right. water bottles through, we, we should talk about that in a little bit. And then, right. And then you look at them and you're like, you're like, isn't this like what you were saying that the Democrats were going to do where like they were going to militarize the police so much that they could just totally take you out or whatever. And they're like, no, this is good. Right. You know, this, I love this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to bring because they're on my side, right? To bring it back around to Dinesh D'Souza, like his, I guess his most recent project is talking about how basically all of the things that the Nazis did are the things that the Democrats want to do right now. Mm. And Bill O'Reilly's new book is also about that. No kidding. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm just surprised. That's why they call everyone Nazis because that distracts from the way that they're actually being Nazis. Whereas you know, there's only one wing of politics that has literal fucking like self-appointed brown shirts marching through cities and assaulting and assaulting random citizens, or possibly appointed by state governments like the cops actually fucking shooting black people for no reason. You know, just these collaborators like we were talking about a couple episodes ago, white people who will call the the state in anytime a person of color is doing something they don't like. The Republicans, it's like, step one, it's like, cozy up to some Nazis. And then step two is like, call your opponents Nazis. Right. And then when they call you Nazis... Be like, no, I'm not a Nazi. You're the Nazi. You're the Nazi. You know? You're you're the Preemptive. Nazi because you're you're calling me a Nazi. It becomes this recursive right. loop. You know, in the debates with Trump and Hillary, that she was like, I think he's Putin's puppet. And he's like, I'm not a puppet. I'm not a puppet. You're the puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're puppetier than me or whatever. It's the perfect excuse. Just like you know, I'm rubber. You're glue. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I know. I, I, I know you are. But what am I? Yeah. yeah it's it's perfect. the it's the fucking Pee Wee Herman defense. Never fails. <laughs> Un. It's unbeatable. Hasn't been beaten yet. Well. We know that we know that not everything is uh, completely copacetic inside Republican land. Uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We can come back and talk about some trade war round two aluminum boogaloo <laughs> sorghum. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Here with me now is Dinesh D'Souza, the New York Times best-selling author and author of the book *The Big Lie: Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left*. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So the word fascist is thrown around a lot to describe President Trump and conservatives in general, and you describe that as the big lie. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yes. Um, ever since Trump, uh, the left has been accusing him of being a fascist. The Republican Party is the party of neo-Nazism. And all of this is based on the assumption that fascism is on the right, is on the right. It's a right-wing thing. What I do in the book is I do kind of a, a deep history of fascism and national socialism. I show, wait a minute, these have always been on the left. Mussolini was a lifelong socialist. Hitler's party was called the National Socialist Party. 
Yeah, so uh, one of the other like little forgotten bits of the the whole Roseanne saga was um, that now they're calling for Sam B to be fired from her show uh, because what she do? She made a joke about how Donald Trump wants to have sex with Ivanka. Well, I think it was when Ivanka like posted that Instagram picture of like she's like here in America, like we love our children, go moms or whatever. Right. Like right. at the same time that the Trump administration is like, if you're an illegal immigrant, like maybe we'll just kidnap your children. Yeah, and we're, then, we're absolutely and then tearing get rid of them and you'll never apart. see them again. Right. <laughs> it's called pro family values. Yeah. So she called her the c word or whatever, yeah. and people got really mad about it, right. even though like Ted Nugent like called Hillary Clinton that all the time and got uh, yeah. invited to the white house where they high-fived and were like, yeah, I hate that bitch. Right. Absolutely. Well, and you know, the, immediately Twitter came back with 1 million pictures of people, uh, wearing t-shirts at Trump rallies is like, Hillary, a cunt, Hillary's a cunt vote for Trump, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and it's so funny because the idea that all these Trump supporters would be like, Oh my God! This is outside, you know, the realm <laughs> right. of decency. Like as a as a Trump supporter, you know, posting you know racist Nazi memes online. Yeah. I, you know, I've never heard of such vulgarity. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, the Atlantic just ran an article, which I've only just seen the headline, and it gave me heartburn. I'm not sure if I, I'll probably go and read it, but it was like the the answer for Trumpism is more civility. Like, you know, when when they when, I mean, it's literally an extension of that uh, when they go low, we go high uh, thing, which absolutely does not work because it turns out his followers, certainly no one in, in his administration or his media circus care at all about civility. They just care about not having those tools, you know, turned back on right. them. But I think, it, you know, it's almost like Trump Trump dares people. He, he brings people down to his level, and that's a sure. strength of his, right, is that he is able to drag you down into the mud with him. So I almost feel like in a lot of ways it's to your benefit not to, like, take the bait or whatever and just be like, you know, we're not going to do – we're not going to do that because then they can just turn around and say, like, well, look, they said Trump was bad, but they're doing the same thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay, like, but who fucking I don't want the cares, Democrats man? to be the Democrats, like Trumpy Democrats. Like, that's, that fucking but sucks. why? I mean, my, my question is, why do you not want that? Because the alternative apparently is losing all the time. You know, if, if uh, the Dems can retake the House uh, in November and they decide to just run the Mitch McConnell playbook and say we're obstructing everything this fucker wants to do, why not? Like, it's better than letting them push through their horrible, just ghastly legislation in the name of some, you know, appeal to... I mean, American politics has never been pretty. We literally went to war one time because people couldn't get get along with each other. And I'm not advocating for a new civil war, but I think playing dirty with a side that has determined that it is going to fight dirty all the time is the better strategy. And frankly, I don't I don't care about harsh language. You know, this is a it's it's also what puts the lie to, you know, anytime Ben Shapiro says, you know, facts don't care about your feelings or any MAGA chud calls somebody a snowflake online. And then you watch them have an absolute thermal meltdown because somebody called Ivanka Trump a bad name. You know, uh, it's it's absolute hypocrisy at its finest. Right. I don't understand why. Why? 
the Dems don't get that pointing out that it's hypocritical isn't working because the people on the other side don't care that it's hypocritical. Oh, they want to sure. feel like think, they're winning. Right. And I think I guess the thing to me is that I think we're talking about different things because like I agree, like Democrats should be more outspoken. They shouldn't be afraid. Like one of the things that they're talking about is like, well, Democrats shouldn't run on like they want to impeach Trump because that that's like will drive Republicans to yeah, be like, well, I need to go out and yeah. and vote because I need to back up Trump because he's under attack, you know. Uh, so they're just trying to say like, let's play it easy or let's play nice or whatever. I think that's dumb. I think you should say like, yeah, you know, maybe that is the outcome you know, of these investigations, they won't even let us investigate because they control everything. Right. And maybe we did need to investigate because it seems like he may have done some impeachable stuff and we need to find that out. Like that message, I think, needs to get out there. But what yeah. I'm not saying is that I don't want the Democrats to be Trumpy in a way where it's like, oh, hey, some guy who's running for office totally sucks, but he's a Democrat. So let's just all get behind him no matter what. Yeah, no, that's Even true. if he's a horrible candidate and a horrible, you know, spousal abuser or, or whatever, we're just going to support him no matter what, because yeah. winning, 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 winning. And I think it's, you don't want to be pulled down into the Trump world because if you do that, you're letting Trump set the narrative and set the stage where, you know, what they should be doing is going out and saying, you know, Trump wants to talk about freaking Roseanne, but like I want to talk about how, you know, wages aren't going up or whatever, you sure. know, things like things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you no, know, I, Trump, I agree Trump with is you. giving, you know, he wants to like, you know, give the company's leeway to he supports the Supreme Court saying like, hey, if your company screws you over, you can't sue them because, you know, when you work there, you signed an arbitration agreement and that's totally fine or whatever. Those are the type of things right. where they need to be running on because Trump can't run against that because he doesn't even know what that is. You yeah, know what I mean? No, that's that's absolutely right. Well, and I mean, to to bring back, you know, something that was kind of painful for a lot of people who liked him. I mean, the Democrats did get rid of Al Franken, which needed to happen. And I'm glad that they did. It was really sad watching some of the some of the like hardcore hashtags still with her um, like sycophants going like, you know, they like, why do we have to get rid of Al Franken? What he did wasn't even as bad as what Roy Moore is accused of doing. It's like, you know what? Both of them are bad. Like, <laughs> right. You, like just because they're going to go ahead and endorse Roy Moore anyway, doesn't mean that we need to get behind somebody who's done a thing that's beyond the pale that he shouldn't be holding public office. Oh, and, for sure. and I, and I say it, that as somebody who fucking donated to Al Franken's campaign. And when that stuff came out, I was like, you know what? Yeah, he needs to go. Like, that's not okay anymore. Right. And I think, you know, there there's an argument that, you know, Al, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't the right move to get rid of Al Franken or whatever. But I don't know. I, I think it, it was it was worth it because you don't have that hanging over your heads. But if you follow the Trump playbook, you know, that doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, sure. Just Al do Franken something worse tomorrow. Office right. And just said, hey, I apologized. And, you know, we're moving on. Yep. And, you know, the Republicans could have harped on it. But, you know, how long do they really keep it up? You know, that uh, to me is is would be the Democrats following the Trump playbook and being more Trump like is that doing stuff like that, like saying, well, hey, Al, maybe Al Franken did that stuff, but whatever. He's not doing it now. So yeah. let's just support him no matter what. Yeah, no, and that's I, the type of thing where I think it's not going to help him in the long run. I, I totally agree with you. And I think uh, even if it doesn't, even if it's not the uh, the real hardball politics, like when it all costs thing. 
people can walk away with their head held high. I think there is still value in believing that we can create a better country. And right. part of that is holding our own accountable. And if the Republicans don't want to play that game, I think in the long run, that's going to start to show. And people will people will respond to it negatively. Right. Well, and I think this, this is a great lead in to what we were going to talk about, which is all these Midwest Republicans. Now that Trump's saying, you know, let's do some tariff. Let's do some trade wars for a while. Right. He started doing the trade wars and then everyone was like, that's a bad idea. And he was like, oh, maybe we're going to take a break. Yeah. He got bored and he was like, trade wars are back on. Not only are we going to do a trade war with Canada and Mexico, but we're going to call off our trade war with China and we're actually going to bail out Chinese cell phone makers who yeah. were like sanctioned for releasing illegal spy software or whatever. Yeah, that's right. America. Uh, I think uh, I think it was WAPO just in the past couple of days released a, a thing showing that in, in terms of just raw dollar value, we're now doing more trade sanctions on long term steadfast allies than we're doing on China, which was the thing that he ran on in terms of, you know, foreign, you know, foreign policy and economic policy. Right. Which, yeah, which is great because he, he wants to impose tariffs on uh, steel and aluminum imports from Europe and Mexico and Canada. Right. And he also, there was this story that he wants to like ban German cars for some reason, <laughs> I think because he's like mad at Angela Merkel because Angela Merkel said like his Iran deal pullout was really stupid. It really and was. it's also going to lead to all these problems where they're saying like, well, we're going to sanction companies that deal with Iran. And the European Union is like, we deal with Iran because we worked on this freaking deal together. And that was part of the deal. Right. Yeah. You know, so what are you going to do? Sanction Europe? And they're like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. It, it's just a great system. So all these dudes like Ben Sass, of course, come out and say, <laughs> Ben Sass literally said, this is dumb. And we shouldn't be doing this. Were, were those his exact words? He said, yeah. this is dumb. <laughs> he said, this is dumb in yeah. his official Senate press release or whatever. Right. We've been down this road before. Protectionism is a big part of why America had a Great Depression. Make America great again should not mean make America 1929 again. And what he's going to do about it is release that statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. I mean, well, and <clears throat> man... I don't envy Ben Sass for a lot of reasons. I would not want to be that guy. I, I don't know how you get into that headspace, but I also don't envy him on Twitter because nobody likes him. The the MAGA chuds hate him because sometimes he says bad things about uh, Daddy Emperor, and everybody else hates him because they know that it's all just empty rhetoric. That he's, you know, he's he's trying to run the old Republican playbook of like positioning himself for a presidential run if it turns out that Trump ends up just simply too toxic in 2020 to run for president again and can't get any endorsements from anybody as if that would stop him. You know, that's that's Ben Sass's problem on every single issue is he's trying to play the old Republican playbook and actually you know, occasionally will make mouth noises toward this thing, you know, sir, this thing is, you know, beyond that, this is a bridge too far. But yeah, obviously, it's not going to make any difference. Uh, meanwhile, you've got, you know, Canada, and Mexico, and the EU are all a they're going to take 
the United States to court in the the World Trade Organization, but they're also slapping us back with tariffs, which are going to be, again, just like the China thing, terrible for the people who vote for him. You know, uh, every every consumer good that uses steel or aluminum aluminum is going to be more expensive. It's going to be more expensive for I do like Canada's approach. Apparently, they're they're cracking down on things like uh, it's like dairy products and Harley Davidson's from uh, Wisconsin, where Paul Ryan is from. They're cracking down on uh, Kentucky liquor, where Mitch McConnell is from. So hitting these politicians directly at home and pissing off their base. I mean, that's that's smart. That's that's a thing that um, that's a thing that Trump doesn't have it in his brain to do. Like he wouldn't know how to actually structure a tariff to get what he wanted. He's just it's it's bluster and it's a terrible idea. It's going to be bad for everyone. Or it's going to be bad for farmers all throughout the Great Plains, because right. like you like you mentioned before the break, you know, sorghum. Uh, soybeans, any of the, um, any of the the uh, like grazing crops, so like milo and alfalfa and stuff like that. You know, those are easy things to slap tariffs on because a nobody knows about it. They don't necessarily see the price reflected when they go to go to Target or whatever. Uh, and b it hits Trump's base exactly where it hurts. Well, right, but I think they, I think Trump correctly realizes that. It's, it's going to be hard for his base to tie the negative impacts of his policies to him and not to something else. Right. Like it's Mexico's fault. Yeah, sure. Or, I mean, it, you know, or it's, it's Canada's the globalists. fault because they yeah. wouldn't, they're trying to screw you or whatever. Like, I right. didn't do it. It's Canada. So real like me so that I can like, you know, hit them again or whatever until they give us all their money or whatever right, the right. freaking plan is. Like, that's the whole thing about Trump is that his he doesn't consider like it a success unless Canada literally comes to the table and they're like, how about we just give you all of our money? And he's like, that's yeah. it. That's all. That's all I wanted. Right. That's right. I wanted to you to give me everything. And then I give you nothing and I win and America wins and everyone else loses and then that's how, you know, global peace yep. is happens. It's well, like and that's, his I mean, whole philosophy makes no sense. Well, it's it's always been his definition of a deal, right? That I go to the table and you go to the table and I walk away with everything and you walk away with nothing. And you thank me for the opportunity to meet me as a celebrity right. or whatever. And it but turns yeah, out I, that, I, yeah, no, I, I had a little uh, I had a little egg on my face in one of our Slack conversations because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about. Trump and how he's just pissing off everybody. And I said something like, you know, like, I think our allies know that he's an idiot and they're just kind of writing it out because they do want America's business. They do think of us as being, you know, a long term like ally, economic, military, what have you. And now Trump is like, you know what, let's fuck that up, too. Like, maybe maybe we'll just make them never trust the country again. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was almost like, you know. It, it, it's funny too. I mean, watching the watching the markets is stupid because they're all over the freaking place. But it's literally like every day. I almost think that Trump is like doing insider trading and stuff because they'll come out with these policies and they'll say we're going to impose sanctions on everything, and they're like, oh my gosh, you know what a crazy th- you know market event or whatever. Like everybody invest in steel or whatever. Steel's right. you know skyrocketing. Uh, buy these stocks, and then the next day he'll be like, oh. It turns out, never mind. 
yeah. I'm not actually doing that. And then it goes way back down again or whatever. Yep. And it would be so easy for him. Oh, it would be people, incredibly easy. Yeah. For people close to him, for him to just say, hey, guess what I'm going to say tomorrow about this. And mm-hmm. in fact, just today, he tweeted, they were, they were releasing the like jobs numbers or whatever, and they released them at a specific time. And that at that moment, that's when they become like public information. Mm-hmm. But of course, a lot of people see them early who work for the government because they're tabulating the numbers. Yeah, sure. But it's like totally illegal to talk about them, to give any indication of yeah. like what these numbers C- are going to be. Certainly cannot call your broker. Right. And yeah. Because these move these numbers move the markets. And so Trump tweeted this morning. He was like, can't wait to see the n- jobs numbers this morning. You know, they're, <laughs> they're coming out at 830, you know, 830 yep. in a couple hours or whatever. Like really looking forward so to it. So everyone got really excited. Right. And so everyone's like, okay, well, I mean, clearly the jobs numbers are good, right? Because he's not going to, if they're terrible, he's not going to be like really looking forward to the jobs numbers, you know? Right. So, and that's literally him violating federal law of disclosing this information before the agreed upon release time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so he, he is obviously getting this information early and acting upon it and thinking about it. And, no one cares. You know, no one does anything. It's like when that court said it's illegal for you to block people on Twitter. And then he just went like, OK, well, I don't care that you said that. Sure. And I'm just going to continue to do it. Yep. Yeah. That reminds me of a. there was a I think it's an Andrew Jackson quote. Maybe it's apocryphal or something. And he was trying to do something. It may have it may have had to do with. Uh, you know, waging, it's like the Trail of Tears, or whatever. yeah, waging genocide or whatever, and the the Supreme Court. You know, he he got word that the Supreme Court was uh, going to rule against him, and his clapback was something like, uh, "Okay, well, I'll look forward to seeing the Supreme Court's army or something like that." You know that that when all of this is governed by by norms and not, uh, you know, there there probably should be like a big internal affairs department right. inside, you know, separate from the executive branch, but inside the federal government for investigating this shit. And we should have constitutional authority to, you know, it, if you are like, forget this fucking impeachment, you know, political bullshit. Like we get to decide whether or not we're going to uh, prosecute. Like why should our public servants be held to any lower a standard of behavior than, you know, your average citizen, Martha Stewart. God damn it. She went to jail. Right. For lying to federal agents, <laughs> too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the perfect it's the perfect Trump pardon. Right. But, um, yeah, I look forward to, you know, Ben Sass like uh, chaining himself to a tractor or whatever to, <laughs> right. to protest these tariffs because he's just he feels that strongly about it, you know, that he's yep. really going to go out there and he's going to say, you know, I think this is bad, but vote vote Trump. Man, if there were gonna, if there were going to be any kind of uprising of like the white working class, you know, this would be the best, both the best reason they have for doing it, but also you know the best possible outcome if that were going to happen. I want Ben Sass to put together, you know, a well regulated like farmer militia and have them, you know, <laughs> march into march into D.C. Oh, for sure. I mean, could you imagine the the Republican response if? there was, you know, a Democrat in charge doing this, right? And saying, like, 
let's put tariffs yep. on Canada so that, you know, they'll, then they'll put tariffs on our products. Mm-hmm. Or like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it is something that if a Democrat was doing it, that Republicans would be like, this is the time. This is what the founding fathers said. You know, we need to overthrow tyranny. Yeah. You know, the tree of liberty must be watered with the absolutely. blood of tyrants. You know? Fucking Joe Walsh would actually get his musket out of the closet right. or wherever he keeps it. Because yeah. he's literally taking money out of your pocket with his stupid ass right. fucking ideas. Right. Well, and speaking of going into the the 2018 elections, you know, I don't want it to be the sum total of the substantive argument that the Democrats are bringing, because I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, the the laws that are devastating our environment. They're just they're devastating our communities. I I want to see them focus on social justice, things like gerrymandering and voting rights suppression. Uh, But also they need to be making ads on these economic messages that are going to appeal to the people who are actually being hurt by, for instance, the tax bill by the by the new tariffs, you know, all all these things that we do to literally just make it, you know, the repeal of the Obamacare mandate inside the tax bill, which made it so we basically don't have Obamacare anymore because that was the one that was the keystone of the thing. That was what made it all work. So go out there with a strong part is that when you run as a Democrat on like, yeah, we need to get better health care. The Republicans can't say like, oh, no, you know, we we shouldn't do that because they're they're not doing anything. You right? Know what no, I mean? I mean their their answer they're not to that fixing the yeah. problem or seriously even looking at it their, at all. Their answer to that is always just this vague like government control thing. And the Democrats absolutely should be able to say like, oh, so you'd rather you'd rather be at the uh, uh, like patronage of these people who just got a massive tax break at your expense at the expense of your children's schools and your you know direct local environment that's no longer funded um i think it was uh not too long ago montana ran out of its money for their um like emergency cdc teams uh you know like environmental catastrophe or like massive outbreak or something like that uh which the federal government only spends money in Montana if they can match it dollar for dollar. And those funds are out. So, you know, pray to God that like one of these uh, holding ponds from one of the mines or something yeah. doesn't suddenly break out into the Clark Fork River or one of the, the reservoirs that they use for drinking water. You know, we've got a brand new Flint, Flint, Michigan situation in Billings, Montana. Like, you know, where, you know, where's your God emperor now? Well, and it's funny because, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned like, hey, you know, maybe the Democrats shouldn't totally run on, like, I'm a staunch environmentalist or whatever because, you know, people, that turns a lot of people off or whatever. But the Republicans are making it so easy to run as a tepid environmentalist where you just say, like, maybe the head of the EPA shouldn't spend tens of thousands of dollars on jewel-encrusted pens, (laughs) which is a story that just came out that he did. (laughs) Was it Scott Pruitt? Yeah, Scott Pruitt, (laughs) the head of the EPA, spent thousands and thousands of dollars on like fancy pens from jewelry stores or whatever Uh, to sign his bills or whatever. Who knows? Um, And their new plan is coal's not doing so great because it's freaking coal. Right. And nobody uses it anymore. They want to start subsidizing coal and like dictating that like certain percentages of energy must be from coal and things like that. Where it's like, it's so easy to just be like, that's dumb and we shouldn't do that. And maybe solar is better because it's not 
killing people with black lung disease or whatever yeah. and polluting the air because it's freaking solar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I would mean, you rather have a coal plant in your backyard or a freaking solar power array? And even then, like, you know, it, it'd be nice to be able to generate a little class solidarity. But at the same time, how many coal miners do there actually exist in this country at this point? I mean, it's it's in the it's got to be in the like tens of thousands. Because... Oh, for sure. And look, if you're a if you're a coal miner. Your job is what? To drive a truck or do some stuff? Like, there's yeah. absolutely no reason that you couldn't drive a truck with some freaking solar panels on it and screw them you know, onto the top of a house or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is doable, yep. you know? That is That industry could, could you could transition quite easily. So, it, it's just, it. the Republicans have gone so far off the deep end that the Democrats don't even have to come out and say, like, well, I think we should spend trillions on researching climate change. Or sure. Whatever. Like, all they have to do is say, like, maybe you don't want coal dust in your stream. Yep. You know, vote for me and not this other guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, maybe it's a good thing if your car company, uh, your cars are going to be more expensive now anyway because of the trade war. But, you know, it, you were saving money <laughs> back when we had fuel standards for, like, light vehicles. Now, now those don't exist anymore. And you can, you know, companies will be free to sell you their super cheap still more expensive than it should be because of the stupid ass trade war but super cheap uh like pickup truck that gets literally three miles to the gallon and just it's a coal-fired engine right (laughs) for america well that's how we're going to generate all these jobs uh the stoker is coming back what if Um, yeah what if trump's apocalypse though generates just like a steampunk world this could actually (laughs) turn out pretty cool we're gonna end up living in like about this. Perdido Street Station world. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be mutated by the weird shit in their drinking water, and everything runs on coal. Uh, all right, time for time to lead in the high note. Yeah, Everybody I think so. A, yeah, for sure. A, a dystopian keep, sci-fi novel. Yeah, keep uh, keep listening to Liquid Flannel though for our uh, our prescriptions for the U.S. economy. We're no experts. We're still doing better than they are. They meet at the old campground We will send out the news by wire And tell all the people what we have found We can ask Thomas Alva Edison Telephone Alexander Graham Bell And if someone comes here with something to sell Just make yourself clear And tell them to go straight to hell Trade war for your peace and your protection Give us speed and new direction Someone needs to mind the store Trade war As is mentioned in the Bible Nations tend to what is tribal Across the ocean white with foam Spend your dollars here at home so yeah, in addition to fantastic sci-fi novels like Perdido Street Station, which you should totally read because yep. they're really good, uh, we do like to bring it out on a high note, something a little bit more positive. Wait, did Matt, we actually know... did we record any of that stuff we were talking about with uh, Perdido Street Station? Or is that just a total non sequitur? <laughs> Damn. Now I don't. I guess you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, because we were talking about a. Uh, uh, Trump steampunk universe so yeah we did yeah. we did yeah, that's we did. right okay yeah 
that's like I'm glad we did because that sounds like one of the conversations that we often have, and we're like, damn, we should have recorded that. <laughs> yeah, we need to start just recording all the way through, and then you know we can release this uh, to our to our top tier Patreon subscribers. You can get the the unedited in between conversations. Right. So yeah, read more sci-fi novels. Um, listen to Critical Role. I've I've been loving it, Matt. You still oh, keep yeah. it up? Yeah. Well, uh, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> it's just the episodes are very long, but oh, they're, they're so excellent. Long. They're very good. Yeah, Brendan recommended this podcast to me for my drive back from Omaha. Critical Role, which is a bunch of voice actors who got together to play D and D, and it is delightful. For one thing, they're all insane. Just the crazy ways that they decide to solve whatever situation they get themselves into but also the voice acting is very good and very funny uh i'm i am in awe of the guy who it is who's, who's professional the, quality voice acting yep yeah the the dungeon master guy uh i mean this is kind of how you sold it to me but being able to do 15 distinct dwarven characters that all have similar but slightly right. different accents and ways that they express themselves and right. yeah i mean you i mean this guy is his dwarf voices are so good he literally does dwarf voices for world of warcraft <laughs> so you know they're good yeah so very good yes In- introduce more introduce more fantasy into your life um but you know, Matt, I, I know you got up to some some, some Twitter shenanigans. Well, yeah, and I mean, kind of speaking of uh, introducing some fantasy or weirdness into your life, you know, it, I've talked before about how I like to follow uh, Twitter accounts that you like the the nihilist Arby's or whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, tonight we got we got a That's little just dose of Arby's, bro. You know, a little yeah, <laughs> we got a little dose of surrealism in a real Twitter account. It appears that the Buffalo Wild Wings account got hacked. Um, dude posted a photo of himself. That's some that's some serious pizza face on his forehead. I, I'm just gonna say that face wrapped you know, up in a like a Burberry scarf. And I think we give these people too much credit. Where it's like, oh, it was totally hacked. Or oh whatever. yeah, like, no, this guy's an elite hacker. Where he's probably like, I wonder if the password is I love wings. Or whatever. Right, like, oh, yeah. it is. I can't believe it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, that that went on for eh, maybe a half an hour or something before they finally shut it down. And um, some pretty uh, some pretty horrible shit. I'm not going to read most of these uh, on our show, but, um, you know, I, I do like this one. Our secret recipe is Tommy's cum. That's what makes our <laughs> wings so good. Winky smiley face. Um, I like how you're like, well, some of these are really offensive. I don't want to read them or whatever. But that one, that, that was a lighthearted that, rob. Yeah, that, that is that is <laughs> that is one of the tamer ones in this whole group. Uh, well, and, you know, it's almost like the, when these uh, accounts get hacked or whatever, it almost makes me wonder, like, did they get hacked or did they just think, like, you know, what's going to get some views? <laughs> Well, it is, you know, it's Trump's America now, and people are going to write this off. Now, what I haven't really enjoyed seeing related to all of this is the number of people, even people I follow, and I thought they were better than this, the number of people absolutely scrambling over each other to make a Roseanne joke. You know, it's like, oh, it looks like the Wendy's social media intern took some Ambien. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that that's not very funny. Yeah. That's the most obvious like shit you could do. Patton Oswalt's one though that was like, 
you know, all races need to come together and, you know, we need to eliminate, you know, inequality once and for all, David Duke on Ambien. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, so, so yeah, this is a we're recording on uh, June the first. Rabbit, rabbit, everybody. So uh, this is literally happening just you know within the past couple of hours while we're recording here. So it's been pretty funny. I'm sure. I'm sure that my my mufos will not let me down. That there will be better takes than making just the cheapest ass like topical you know Roseanne on Ambien joke but it has been a it's been a wild ride it lasted about a half an hour there and it took them a while to get some of these tweets deleted too which was even funnier oh they should leave them up they should leave them up I don't know why they're throwing away this this golden opportunity you know here's here's the thing though uh one of these was a reminder that at Wendy's touches kids, stupid nonces. Uh, I, I'm not going to libel them and say that they, they touch kids, but they are a bunch of stupid nonces. I actually hate that. Uh, like that twee, like fake ironic, like trying to be cool. Oh, Even if it is love, a cool person, you know, people love the Wendy's at though. Wendy's, the moon pie one, the fucking steakums one. I hate that shit. That is like, I mean, you basically the, half the people you see responding to these are self-described socialists. And they're like, I love this giant corporate account. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to come out in favor of corporate Twitter nonsense, okay. because look, if you're going to have a corporate Twitter account, I would much rather have it be, you know, into some weird, like Twitter, like flame wars or whatever, <laughs> than just being like, isn't Wendy's freaking great? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just, that's dumb. Well, like, if, yeah. if you're going to have a worthless corporate Twitter account that's just there to shill, you know, just do something interesting with it. That's yeah, all but I ask. Look, look, really what everyone on Twitter should be doing is what I do, which is I block every single corporate account, every verified account. That's oh, run yeah, by, you were talking about this. Yeah. And you end up with some really amazing promoted tweets after you get rid of the you know, the giant corporations who were paying for you to see their content, yeah. you end up with... It's just like some rando dudes oh, yeah. who were like, oh, look, hey, you, it only costs like $15 to promote a tweet? Right, like, yeah. sweet! I, I now follow this one guy just for the entertainment value who he has, I think, like 40 followers. He seems to believe that he is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. He tweets about that a lot. He talks about how, uh, like, his is relationships... Is it Trump? Are you talking about Trump right yeah, now? Yeah, no, I mean, no, this is... This is like Eric Trump, maybe just like what what he does at night when he is, you know, actually on Ambien um, releases like these weird tweets where uh, he's talking about some other corporate promoted tweet. And it's just this weird string of characters and numbers. And it's like he's documenting it or there's some kind of cryptography going. I don't know if this thing is an arg or if it's a genuinely, you know, just batshit pants on head insane person but either way that that was a great promoted tweet and you only get down to that level after you've blocked all these other ones including the funny ones anyway yeah no Buffalo i, I'm Wild looking Wings. forward to it i Bu might i might have to start blocking some some lame ass uh <laughs> non non uh weird twitter well corporate chills for the for the sake of today for the sake of my high note i'm at least glad that i had not yet blocked the buffalo wild wings account because i could see what people were re <laughs> retweeting while this while this thing was going on oh yeah once they realize how much attention this got them they're gonna double down into the weirdness <laughs> of twitter no, no, the double down is at KFC. You won't believe what our what our secret sauce really is. <laughs> so, Love. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, Buffalo Wild Wings. You you had something a little more lighthearted, something that wasn't so loaded with uh, racial slurs. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so I mean, we just now talked about D and D, sci-fi novels, nerdy stuff. So uh, one thing that I recently got into is, you know, I got some kids. We it's summertime. It's a hundred degrees outside. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to come in and you're just sitting around. You got nothing to do, and I'm like, hey, kids, why don't you? Uh, why don't you just play this old card game I have, Munchkin? <laughs> and now my oh, kids are Munchkin. addicted to yeah. Munchkin. Uh, Mu- and if you haven't played it, it's it's a really simple game where it's kind of like a microcosm of D&D where you flip over a card and maybe it's a monster or a curse or maybe it's a treasure. Yeah, or sometimes it's loot that you can add to your little... You're just kind of building your deck in front of you to make your, your character as badass as possible. Right. And so you get cards where it's like, oh, you know, plus five to monsters or whatever. And then you, you right. get your monster and you, you beat your monster and you get more powerful and it's fun. But one of my favorite memories is when we played with uh, all of the like law school crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because... This game is like a big part of the game is like backstabbing your friends. So a lot of the cards are like, you know, they're fighting a monster and you're like, make that monster twice as strong. Yep. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you thought you could beat it, but now you couldn't. Um, and a lot of the rules don't always line up. Oh, yeah. You know, the way they should. <laughs> yeah, they, they wrote it. They write in these ambiguities on purpose. And for people who like to do rules lawyering, it's just a joy. That becomes the game itself. You get this meta game going of like rules interpretation and house rules. And, you know, people write out their own like little constitution of of Munchkin where it's like, this card does not mean this fucking thing, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's fun and uh yeah uh if you haven't played it it's it's really easy it's uh it's a great pickup and play like i said my kids are like five and they can play it so it's also fun because they've come up with a bunch of different uh, the original game is this sort of vanilla think like yeah think uh dungeons and dragons or world of warcraft or it's sort of like the old timey you're fighting with axes and swords and stuff like that. But right. they've come up with one million different versions of it that, you know, if there's a fandom out there, there's probably a munchkin version that kinda does all of the tropes. You know, there's a Lovecraft one and there's a hunting vampires one and um I think they've oh, got a, like, I mean they they've got, got like, like a Marvel yeah, Star yeah, Trek. Totally. Yeah, there's a right. Marvel. We actually have the Marvel one. Some of yeah. them you can't a lot of them you can mix together. Mm-hmm. Um like we have like Princess Munchkin because we got it for like sometimes the girls like to have something that's a little bit more their flavor. Yeah. So those just you can just mix them right in there and they go fine. The Marvel ones you can't mix those ones right in there. Those those ones do not work. Together. Yeah. What's what's the deal with that? I mean, what what breaks it? Because I well, mean, most of them are like you're adding weapons or power ups, and it seems like you can kind of mix and match. And yeah, the Marvel one they they kind of took it to the next level where it's kind of supposed to be standalone. So they have stuff where it's like there's like factions and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and there's like power sets and stuff like that. So it, it really only kind of works if you, if you play it all together, you probably could throw it in there because like I said, the way the game's designed is you just argue about the rules forever. I posted a picture of one of the cards. It was like the, it was like, Oh, you're the Hulk or whatever. Now, like no bad stuff can happen to you. And right. I was like, why would you write that <laughs> on the card? Like, what does that mean? Like, that's a meaningless <laughs> phrase like well, how can you how can you argue that well 
I mean that that would be that would be the greatest card to have though if you were a rules lawyer and be like I I don't like that you just gave that item to somebody else like that's a bad thing for me. <laughs> you right. just grind the entire this game. This cannot to the happen. Hall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, imagine playing Munchkin with Trump. He would get so mad. <laughs> you you would have to expect him to read some things first though. I mean at like more than a like a, a an eight year old level. God, oh, I, at the risk of destroying this high note, I have to talk about how Trump today was like, I just got a great letter from Kim Jong-un. It was it was such a great letter. I, you know, I'm really looking forward oh, to the summit and all this. <laughs> and they're like, what does it say? And he's like, oh, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, hold on. Have you seen the picture of the letter? Because oh, the, they... <laughs> the because the ambassador, you know, they took a picture in the in the Oval Office of the ambassador from North Korea standing there and Trump holding the letter, and it's huge. It's like one of those novelty <laughs> like graduation oh, cards, clearing house check. <laughs> yeah, <whatever>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow, these guys really have him pegged. Like that's that's why he thought it was a great letter. It's because it's very big. This is the biggest piece of mail I've ever gotten in my life. Oh my god! <laughs> I just looked at it. That's probably going to be the the image for this episode. Oh, it looks like a prop from a play or something. Like, yeah, oh, but like I, a like a melodrama like a or something that's tea on it or something. He, right. he, yeah, I'm sure. Something that's oh. intentionally cheesy and cartoony or like, you know, like halfway through the scene where Alice is shrinking in through the looking glass or something. It's huge. Oh, of course he <laughs> loves the giant. Like, can you imagine going to a business meeting and they give you like a novelty giant letter or whatever? You're like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is this? No, I, I would assume I was being punked. You know, this is like. <laughs> This is your roundabout, like, funny yeah. way of firing me. Oh, dude, something. this is like a candid camera joke or whatever. But, like, we'll just say, like, <laughs> just sign this receipt or whatever. And it's, like, huge. And, like, what? This I mean, just, we'll just see what they do. Yeah. Can you see Kim, like, sitting around in a strategy meeting? It's like, okay, we'll send him the letter. Hey, I wonder if we made it really big, like, how he would take that. I bet he'd go for it. What do you guys think? And they're like, that's a fucking great idea. Because that's what they say to everything he says. But It worked because he loved it before he he even read it. Yep. Before he even opened it, he was like, it's the best letter I've ever gotten. Look at this thing. Uh, uh, yeah, very, God. very good uh, actual high note for the show. <laughs> a high note for for the show, a low note for humanity. <laughs> well, we should we should wrap it up there. I think. Uh, um, yeah, we will we will post this image on the Liquid Flannel Twitter. You can follow us there at Liquid underscore Flannel. This um, is real. Yeah, follow us on. Uh, soundcloud like us on itunes do all that do all that stuff do we still put stuff on youtube we haven't done that in a while no oh, you know i kind of been slacking on yeah that man one. we don't we don't do it on reddit either it's kind of a waste of time all of our fans know where to find us <laughs> they know where to find you brendan williams don't they i hope so add brendan williams with one l and i'm on the twitters that's right i'm also on the twitter at Matt the Great with a W. Also, to do a little shameless plug for a, another project I'm working on, uh, we're getting ready to record our first episode of uh, a socialist food issues uh, podcast called The Breadline, which you can follow on Twitter at 
the breadline pod so check that out there there's going to be content coming soon we've got a theme song we've got some guests we're lining up so if you're interested in something a little bit more serious than what we do on liquid flannel and you like food issues uh please check that out as well Oh, it sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited too. So, uh, yeah, now now it's out there in the public and I can't let you all down. So uh, I'll be working on that. Um, thanks for tuning in to Liquid Flannel this week, and we'll see you next time. In the bread line, boom. <laughs> that was a